The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. I can go slow ahead. Come on down and chump some of this. <laughs> That's, of course, from Jaws, uh, a film by Steven Spielberg, who is our subject on Inside Hollywood this morning. Lisa Cannon, uh, TV host, executive producer of Spotlight. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. I think everybody who's listening in knows that famous scene. The two notes, John Williams. Dudum, dudum, dudum. Fantastic. Iconic, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there are so many iconic movies we could talk about with Steven Spielberg. Indeed. But let's go back in time. He was a movie maker from... His earliest years. He was indeed, man. I, the thing I love about Stephen, because my question to a lot of people, they were like, you know, Steven Spielberg, what do you love about him? And everybody says, not only is he the modern blockbuster maker, you know, the frosted, sugar-coated director, but he started making movies at a, year, a young age. You know, he never, ever waned. He persisted, even as a young boy. And that's where it all started in Cincinnati and Ohio. So Steven Spielberg was born December 18th, 1946. So he's in his uh, mid-70s now. And really, all began with his love of, of um, movies and the local movie theatre. He, he had um, asthma as a child, so his mother actually allowed him to go to the cinema so that he could just enjoy movie making and see what was maybe his next move when it came to movie making. And he started off with small cameras and moved on and moved on. And I think for uh, us... The, you know, the film that he credits with kind of inspiring was The Greatest Show on Earth, which was a 1952 circus epic directed by Cecil B. DeMille. Absolutely. Famous for the Ten Commandments and, and other things. But he was lucky, I suppose, in the fact that his father had an 8mm camera. Yes, it all started there. And of course, obviously, he brought out The Fablemans last year. So most people would, you know, if you've watched it, you would know that the kind of the, the premise of it. But his father, Arnold, was an electrical, electrical engineer and he worked in kind of the emerging field of computers. And his mother was very dramatic. She was a concert pianist. So he had that lovely mix of creativity and scientific background. So obviously that lent himself um, to kind of procuring the kind of science fiction era. You know, he loved everything technical. And he will always say that camera work is his favourite part of filmmaking, the technical side of filmmaking. Yeah. So Interesting. Um, I saw an interview with him where the interviewer suggested that in Close Encounters of, of the Third Kind, 
uh, when you have music as the bridge between uh, the the alien and the human, that this was a metaphor for his own parents, the computer geek and the musician talking to That's each other. That's right. And of course, we spoke a little bit there, touching on John Williams with the two notes for Jaws. He's used John Williams throughout all of his career with Indiana Jones, most famous and iconic movie masterpieces, including E.T. But, you know, Stephen has always said that movie making to him was in his blood and he felt that there was nothing else he could do. So, you know, I mean, we all know that he's made incredible movies, but he actually started with Duel and not a lot of people know that movie, which of course um, is, it's kind of a movie between a massive truck and a car and it's about their relationship on the road and the aggression between the two. But he's always made what he wanted and I think he pursued Hollywood with a ferocious appetite like mm. most Hollywood directors mm. would. Now, he's extraordinary. He made a movie called Amblin when he was a young fellow mm-hmm. and um, that's the, the name of his production company to this day. That's the name of his production company. He stayed true to his roots because even in 1966 when his parents divorced at 19 he was always making short movies and Amblin was one of the ones that actually entered into the Venice Film Festival it entered into many others the Atlanta Film Festival and garnered him a lot of attention and from then then he got a contract uh, to be able to make movies for up to nine years started then moving on to other movies and of course Duel and then from Duel we ended up with Jaws in 1975 so as a a movie maker I think he artistically has always been ambitious I mean Jaws had so many problems with the shark and and everything in between a lot of improv in that movie and he thought it was going to be a disaster but ended up being the box office hit of that year So he couldn't use the shark uh, because mechanically it wasn't sound as much as he would have liked to have used it so he had to use other cinematic devices to create fear and tension Yeah I mean obviously you know the opening scene of the film you know features kind of the young woman being attacked by the shark but he used uh, places and themes so very much using the iconic music of John Williams but also shooting the film underwater without you know giving too much away or shooting some legs or arms splashing about I mean there's some really great behind the scenes footage if you want to look at the you know the 20th anniversary the animatronic shark was a disaster it it Mm. really they thought this was going to be the worst film and it turned out to be a movie making experience Now, uh, there were other uh, devices that he uses, for example, in E.T. And maybe we should remind ourselves of E.T. now. Elliot. Look what he brought up here all by himself. Elliot. What's he need this stuff for? Elliot. (laughs) E.T., can you say that? Can you say E.T.? E.T. E.T. (laughs) E.T., E.T., E.T. Be good. Be good. I taught him that, too. You should give him his dignity. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Phone. Phone? He said phone? He said phone? Can't you understand English? He said phone. Home? You're right. That's E.T.'s home. I still cry. 
coming yeah. on to 45 years of age. It's one of my favourite movies, I think, yeah. as and I And there mentioned. might have been a different ending, a, a, a harsher ending. It is, yeah. It's funny, people don't know a lot about E.T., but um, it was inspired by his own childhood and a kind of an imaginary friend, a coyote he called Coyote Bill. But he wanted to do a different ending where Elliot and E.T. never met at the end, which when it was, of course, screened Didn't get to say goodbye. Didn't get to say goodbye. Could you imagine that? Oh, my God, we never would have survived the movie. So, no, he changed it. I mean, in, in fairness to Stephen, he does listen to his audience. But the voice of E.T., many people don't know this, was created by combining the sounds of an elderly woman, a young girl and a burp from Stephen's film <laughs> professor. <laughs> so there um, you go. One of the other devices, uh, and this is the one I was going to talk about, which you drew my attention to, the Secret Service who are trying to take E.T. and do all their experiments on him and so on. They're never seen above the waist. Never filmed above the waist. And actually, ironically, because we're speaking about Steven Spielberg today, he's come out and said that he's annoyed that he took the guns out of E.T. and that it was refreshed. He re-edited, yeah. He re-edited and he said he's annoyed he did that. He came out this morning and said at the Times 100 um, conference that he really wished he had just left it in because it was of that time, you know, when it first came out in the 80s. And uh, yeah, he's an incredibly dynamic filmmaker. You know, Drew Barrymore is his godchild, so he uses people in knows. Yeah, there's an interview online where he reacts to her Playboy shoot, but that's another (laughs) story for another day. Indeed. But there are so many movies, so many different movies. The Colour Purple was one of his Saving Private Ryan uh, and, well, with uh, I, I suppose the Holocaust in mind Schindler's List Schindler's List a movie yes. close to his heart a movie close to his heart and, and Stephen said this is one of his most powerful pieces of work and he has always said he would love to be remembered for E.T. and Schindler's List and there's so many amazing facts about uh, Steven Spielberg that we wouldn't even know I mean he was originally set to direct Cape Fear he directed 17 actors in Oscar nominated performances Liam Neeson of course Ray Fiennes Anthony Hopkins Tom Hanks let's stop there on Tom Hanks he was meant to originally direct Big but actually said no because his sister wrote the script his sister Anne and he was happier that she went with the glory of, of the movie but everyone from Daniel Day-Lewis Sally Field Michelle Williams of course as we know I mean he's an incredible dynamic director he spots talent and only uses actors actually who he's seen in previous work he doesn't do auditions oh, so there you go on, on that note Lisa Cannon uh, executive producer of Spotlight and TV host thank you very much for joining us The Pack Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.